As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Edgewater Sports Park, just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, will play host to the Dick Winley Memorial Race Weekend starting Thursday evening, August the 20th, with a test and tune and big money bracket racing on Friday through Sunday. Stay tuned for details on what is shaping up to be an incredible event. BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item. The professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at bteracing.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's cool hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Welcome to or welcome back to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Uh, I am Big Jed, Jared Pennington, and we're Lukeless again this week. We'll talk about why in just a little bit, but we happen to have producer Mark joining us uh, this evening on this recording, and uh, we'll we'll do the show together and, and try to hold up you know, our end of the bargain that, that uh, Luke asked us to do, but we're never as good as we are without Luke, but we're going to be our best, and that's all you could ask for. Um, we've got a great show. It's going to be fairly short, but, um, we're, we're going to have a good time with it. It's fairly quiet week in big buck bracket racing. So not a whole lot of that to talk about. We do have the 660 top bulb nationals that happened at Keystone raceway that had some sad moments and ended, uh, fairly well for the promoters and the racers. Um, we'll talk about the NHRA Division 5 Lucas Oil Race in Topeka. That was a double divisional, number two and number three. And 
We've got a, a guest coming on the show to talk about his performance there, which was quite remarkable. That's going to be a great time. We'll talk about some NHRA rumors. We love to talk about rumors, which they're simply just that at this time. Uh, rumors uh, around NHRA, future NHRA events, and uh, there's some rumors about the state of Ohio and maybe possible mandate coming out of there. Uh, we'll tell you what Luke is doing. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you what Luke is doing. Luke's headed to uh, Stanton, Michigan, to the 50 grander, to the to the um, World Super Pro Challenge 50K. So he is uh, probably in route right now. Might have already gotten there, but Luke uh, obviously not going to be with us because he's doing that. So we're wishing him a lot of uh, success and a lot of win lights there in Stanton. We'll talk about uh, Luke's Drag Champ Show interview. And uh, we'll talk about um, our top five for next week. We're not going to have a top five this week, but we will have one for next week. And we'll discuss that a little bit. Maybe, maybe we'll get to all that. But the first thing we want to do, we're going to bring in producer Mark. And uh, we're going to talk about the 660 Top Bulb Nationals. Producer Mark, this is uh, at Keystone Raceway, which is your home track. And it uh, looked like it was... Uh, Although there were some sad moments, and we'll discuss that shortly, it looked like once the racing was able to happen, it was uh, quite an event. Yeah, the um, it's our biggest uh, it's our biggest bracket race. It's, yeah, it's it's definitely our biggest bracket race of the year, and um, it's slated to pay fifteen grand on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So it brings out a pretty good crowd. I think this year, uh, two hundred and thirty three people their entries staged up on Saturday. Um, oh yeah. So that's a, I mean, I think that's, I think that's probably pretty, pretty good. I don't know. I don't know if it's record breaking, but it's, um, it was definitely, it was definitely a good weekend and the, the weather, the weather was just about perfect. Um, got some rain Thursday night, which affected the Thursday test and tune and delayed Friday racing for a while. And we can get to, it, it got worse from there, but, um, but then the weather cleared up and made for a good weekend of racing. Well, it obviously ended very well, and we'll we'll talk about some big moments for for your racing operation. Unfortunately, um, we, we'll start out with Friday's action uh, was uh, shortened or, or I guess canceled for all intents and purposes after a very unfortunate on track incident that that took the life of Jim Baker. Now, those of you that have listened quite a bit uh, will remember probably that Jim was the center of a discussion that we had on a previous show. Jim drove the former late model dirt car that he converted to drag racing. Uh, that picture was posted on a Luke Bogacki Motorsports Facebook topic about the most unique cars you've seen at the drag races. And producer Mark, you came in and posted that picture of that late model dirt track car leaving with the left front tire hiked in the air and... Um, you know, it, it got a lot of attention for being obviously a, a very unique race vehicle that you don't typically see at the drag races. Um, he was, Jim was not in that vehicle in the on-track incident. He was driving his, I guess, fairly newly required, uh, acquired, uh, roadster, uh, maybe got last year sometime, but, um, uh, at this time, the family is reporting that it was a medical event during the run, which caused his accident. Uh, at, again, at this time of recording, there doesn't appear to have been any parts or driver failure. So, Mark, those are extremely tough situations. Um, it did force the cancellation of Friday, pushed it to a Saturday-Sunday 
event, 22.5 per day. Uh, Greg Miller and the guys at Keystone did pay the the entire amount there, but um, that what was the feeling like around the the pits? I, I can only imagine how difficult that was because I think Jim was a very well liked individual. Uh, yeah, Jim was. Jim was a uh, yeah. Jim was an extremely well liked individual. He was uh, he was always always smiling, always happy to be at the racetrack. Um, I saw a lot of comments uh, on various posts about how he would make the comment that he was just happy to be there. You know, win or lose, he really he really didn't. I he hate to say the word care, but uh, you know, he just was really really happy to be at the racetrack, no matter what. And, and he was there. I mean, he was. He was there. If the gates were open, he was pretty much there. Either he had that, he had that good old late model out there, um, and that thing wasn't slow. I mean, I think it ran. I think at the at the fastest, it was probably in the six twenties in the eighth, and uh, still had the full width full width late model front tires on it. I mean, it was it was definitely something. It took him a while to get that thing straightened out, so it didn't want to turn left anymore. But. Uh, <laughs> But he got it. He, I mean, he, 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 I don't even know how long he raced that thing, but it was a while. So. Well, I think, I think having the, the guts to build that or, or convert that and take it to the drag races says all you need to know about Jim Baker. Uh, and, <laughs> and the comments that I've seen have been nothing but, um, you know, just, um, very sad and, and, going to miss him miss his presence at the track miss the discussions with him I've, I've looked quite a bit at those comments so obviously uh jim will be missed by all that knew him and our thoughts and prayers certainly go out to the baker family and and every else everyone else that uh, jim impacted in his uh, time with us on earth um i hate to to move on and try to spin this positive but producer mark Saturday, 22-5, we're back racing as Jim would have wanted. And the Saturday final had a very familiar face that, that goes to a lot of these by the name of Jeff Sarah. He got the win. He took the win over producer Mark, a 22-5 final, big buck, big stage final. Producer Mark takes it to the final and gets the runner-up. I know you could probably talk all night about it, but tell us a little bit about your day, Mark. That is phenomenal, and congratulations to you. That's a that's a heck of a deal for you and your family. Well, well, thank you. I you know it was uh, oh it was definitely it was definitely pretty exciting. I I um, I joked. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I don't run. I don't even use a delay box. I mean, that's not my that's not my forte. You know what I mean? I am a I'm a well. I was a foot breaker for a long, long time. I was a staunch bottom bobber, period, even up until, well, basically up until, uh, the, I don't know, I've only raced three times this year, but I, up until two times ago, I was still hitting the bottom. And Well, uh, <laughs> now, before you go any farther, you you when we got off the show last week, uh, after things were over, you were telling us that you were going to go do this and basically just throw your money away and waste your weekend uh, <laughs> because you don't top bob race. That is, yeah, that is exactly what I said. <laughs> that is exactly what I said. And, uh, it was funny because I was, I, I would roll back up to the staging lanes first. I like to get down there and get, you know, get situated and, uh, I'd pull into the staging lanes and, 
there'd be a couple guys standing down there kind of leaning on the fence that run top at our track. They run box class on a normal basis at our racetrack. And I've running, I've been running bottom bulb with those guys for years, but, um, or hitting the bottom bulb against the top cars for years. And, uh, I'd pull in there and, and I said, you know, I don't know why you guys make this top racing look so difficult. You know, I threw the box in there and this is coming easy, you know, but, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely, there's a, I learned some things that I need to do different and especially in the final, but, uh, but it was a lot of fun. I just, I was hitting it pretty good and pretty consistent and uh, yeah. I don't know. And, and got by the hottest uh, shoe in the game right now in the semifinals when you got around Honey Wayne. So, um, had to feel great, man. Big deal for you. Congratulations to Jeff Sarah, of course, but, uh, Jeff's done his share of winning on these stages. He travels around quite a bit, but for our, uh, our guy, producer Mark, that uh, just kind of hangs out there close to home, don't get out a whole lot. You work hard. You, you got multiple jobs that you're juggling kids playing ball. You, you're just living life, man. You get to the races when you can, but to go out there and do that on that stage, just super proud of you and, and really, uh, hope to see that happen some more for you in the future. I would love to see that happen more, and uh, and I definitely appreciate it. Jeff was um, Jeff in the final was nine total, so he was uh, he was ready to he was ready to go. So there was uh, that would have been a tricky one for me to get inside either way. So yeah, those tough laps to beat, but yeah, either way, uh, if you're going to come up short, that's the perfect time to do it. So congratulations to you and. Congrats to Sunday's uh, winner as well. That was a pretty special deal. Mia Tedesco, which her family has been part of the ownership group at Keystone, Mark, for how long? I don't know. I mean, it's been so, quite a while. I think they, uh, Michael bought the racetrack in 2002. I yeah, believe. so that was uh, that was a big win for her because it was, uh, I'm sure she's won there before maybe, but maybe not at that level. So I texted a little with Mia and she definitely had a vibe of getting the monkey off of her back and getting that big win. It was very special uh, as I'm sure she was uh, there with a lot of friends and family and, and a place that she has made many a lap. So congratulations to Mia. And she got by in that final round, got by her man skirt, uh, Justin Vickers, which another big money final round for skirt, especially in that area of the country guy's super talented and, and calm and cool. He gets it done. So all in all, Mark, looked like a, a really good show. Uh, looked like uh, Greg Miller and the folks there did the best they could with the cards they were dealt. And as it uh, turned out and ended up, it, it was a very successful event. Absolutely. They did, uh, they did a great, I think they did a great job. They ran, everything ran quickly, efficiently, and smoothly as far as I as far from my from my vantage point, so I was happy with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you were. So we'll move on. Uh, touch briefly on uh, the double divisional uh, Lucas Oil Series event at Topeka Division Five events two and three. Just uh, quick notes, and we won't discuss this a whole lot because we're, our guest is part of this. Uh, these results that we want to bring in later, and um, that's James Kunkel. James doubled up in Supercomp, won both race two and race number three, or I guess race one and two of the weekend. And uh, James does it a little bit different in Supercomp than most everyone else. And this is going to be very interesting. 
talking to him. This won't be our standard interview when we get James on a little later, but definitely just uh, want to get a rundown of, of a little bit of his racing history and then talk about his amazing weekend. He won both events in, or both races in Super Comp in a door car. That's a, that's a feat in itself. Now, getting a door car down through there to go 890 is not too big a deal, but when you do it the way James does it, it is pretty darn cool, and you don't see it very often. James is top-end throttle stopping, and he is running upper 120s in the mile per hour. So he is he's facing some really big mile per hours in the other lane in the dragsters, which is the standard super comp weapon, and he's doing it in Illumina, uh, former uh, Alabama-raced Chevy Lumina at that, and um, <laughs> he goes out there and wins both events with uh, two really good performances. So good for James. Can't wait to talk to him about that a little bit later on. And uh, just other quick notes um, from the winner circle was Justin Jenkins. He also doubled up in super stock with wins over a couple of tough competitors in Brett Spear in race number one and Tyler Bohannon in race number two. Those are a couple of really tough outs. And then uh, my man, Jay Bunts. I wanted to mention Jay, give a shout out to him. He's old footbreaker from out there in Oklahoma. And Jay won Super Street in race number two. So shout out to you, Jay Bunts. And uh, certainly uh, to all the winners that we didn't discuss. Congrats to you as well. And uh, Again, James Kunkel is going to be our guest here in just a little while. And we're going to talk to James about how unconventional it is to race super comp the way he races it. Now, we'll move on from there to the rumor mill. Now, Mark, I don't know how much of this you've heard, and we both got the same message about this. But uh, rumor is, from the NHRA side of things, that the event at Indy next week will be the last NHRA national event of 2020. Supposedly, NHRA will announce that soon. Uh, Mark, you know, I, I know that uh, you're like me, you're working, you don't follow the NHRA gossip a whole lot, but considering what they were planning and certainly with the big go looming out there to hear that this could possibly come to a halt next week, and that the NHRA is going to be letting everyone know that very soon. That's that's pretty big news right there, brother. Uh, yeah, that's that's really big news coming out of that coming out of that organization. I don't uh, I wouldn't even know where to find an NHRA rumor um, <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> so um, yeah, like you said, we both got that message, and uh, and frankly, I don't know much more uh, beyond that. But that would be that would be pretty big, I think uh in that world yeah it would be really big and uh, if there are any people that do like to swap feet that were thinking labor day weekend in indy there does happen to be a hundred thousand dollar foot break race in bristol that we would love to have you attend if you like swapping feet so i uh, definitely don't want to take not trying to take customers from the big go it is the the biggest baddest race on earth but um, to hear that uh, it possibly is not going to happen and things are going to end after next week. Uh, very, very odd, uh, but no surprise in the times that we're living in and the, the things that we're dealing with in the world right now. So we will try to keep you uh, informed here on the Sports and Drag Racing podcast and uh, 
keep everyone uh, up to speed on what we're hearing as that moves forward. And speaking of rumors, a little closer to, to you, producer Mark, um, the, the same in the same message, uh, the, the sender said, also my understanding is that the governor of Ohio is issuing a mandate that prohibits any motorsports activity effective today. Now, I replied to that message that we would probably hear that by the time of recording, but I have yet to see any proof of that or yet to hear anything more about it. Uh, I'm assuming that you're in the same boat, Mark. Yeah, I, I went to I went to our to my um, my information station, which will will be Facebook for the most part, <laughs> and I couldn't. I can't find uh, I couldn't find anything that even insinuated that the governor made any kind of announcement like that. I did see some things um, that kind of insinuated that there may have been a rumor, but the I think the governor only announced today that they can't um, they can't drink alcohol at a bar after ten or something, which uh, you know that had nothing to do with motorsports. So maybe they maybe Ohio skirted this one. Um, Hopefully for them. Yeah, there's been quite a bit of racing there. Uh, some some big buck stuff as well. And that place, that state is loaded with racers and a lot of great ones at that. So certainly hope that rumor is not true or doesn't come to fruition. And the, the great racers of Ohio and the surrounding areas that travel into their state and race will get the opportunity to keep competing at those great racetracks up there. Because that, um, that could get a little rough. Uh, folks having to to travel i know that uh, there's a lot of passion for racing in that state and they are going to race so it just uh, probably caused them a little more stops at the diesel fuel pump so hopefully that doesn't happen at, at this point at the time of recording here on uh, thursday evening it doesn't seem as though it has so let's uh, let's keep hope alive that that does not uh, does not materialize or does not happen as it is rumored. Um, Mark, uh, that's pretty much it for results and rumors. Um, want to talk a little bit about some news that is happening on the, the big book stage uh, for events coming up. Now, the folks at the, the Spring Fling, uh, Kyle Seipel, Peter Biondo, Emily Biondo, they have kind of... Uh, kind of shocked the world here a little bit um this announcement that they made i, I guess it was uh, yesterday morning if i remember correctly um about their schedule change schedule updates kind of uh, put the put the bracket racing world on its ear a little bit and piled a lot more opportunity to race on the big stage and a lot more money possible going to uh to the racers not possible a lot more money available to win at the races uh in the fall so as we remember the fall fling bristol was scheduled for september the 28th through october the 3rd that race has been moved it will now be uh, excuse me, September 22nd through the 26th, which is a week prior to its original scheduled date. However, it has been moved to Galat Motorsports Park in uh, Dunn-Benson area in North Carolina. Uh, the guys go to Galat. 
every spring with the spring fling. So that's familiar facility, familiar staff, a great host facility. And they have changed the Sparco Fall Fling from September 28th to October the 3rd to September 22nd through the 26th. And they put it, they've moved it from Bristol to Galat Motorsports Park. That's a big deal right there. Uh, the guys um, obviously are making way for something, which I'll discuss shortly. But this will be a pre-entry capped race. I think the number that I saw said 400. So it will be capped at 400, and it will be a pre-entry race. And those pre-entries will start August the 11th. Now, what we know about spring fling and fall fling pre-entries, whenever they start, is also the same time they finish. Uh, those guys will sell that out crazy fast, and they'll have a great event like they always do. There will be no gate entries allowed. Can't stress that enough. Now, Mark, the week that they were having the fall fling at Bristol is open. That is September 28th through October 3rd. Now they will have the K&N Spring Fling Million presented by Optima Batteries, which was scheduled to be in Vegas in April. We all know what's happened in Vegas. Um, the landscape's just a little bit different out there. The atmosphere is just a little bit different out on the West Coast. So it just doesn't seem feasible to get the Spring Fling Million in at Vegas, at the Strip at Las Vegas, in a reasonable time, in a reasonable manner that fits the guidelines and the restrictions in that area of the country. So the guys are going to have the K&N Spring Fling Million in Bristol the week that they were supposed to have the fall fling. That's big news. There's going to be another East Coast Million happening, and it's going to be for the first time at Bristol Dragway. So that's huge news. Um, there will be gate entries accepted. There's no double entries, and there's no cap. The guys are going to open it up, see what happens, but a car can only go down the track twice, and gate entries will, or excuse me, a car can only go down the track once. Let me correct that. My goodness, I will get in so much trouble, Mark. <laughs> um, cars can only go down the track once. It will be open to anyone, and gate entries will be accepted. The K&N Spring Fling Million will be in Bristol September 28th through October 3rd. That's huge. That is a week after the fall fling in Galat. And it is a week prior than a monster event that we'll be talking about here in just a second. Now, now you say, well, crap, they can't race in Vegas. So if you're on the West Coast and you're listening, pull up just a little bit tighter here. Turn the radio up just a smudge. Because Peter and Kyle were adamant about not wanting to leave the West Coast hanging and leave them without something. So the guys are going to put on an event in Vegas. It is still to be determined. It's looking like mid to late October, but they are still working through some scheduling. But the ball is in motion. The, the play is being run. They're putting things together. It's going to be a 10, 50, and 10, which is a, a heck of a race. Wonderful, wonderful purse. And they're going to have a $100,000 shootout. I don't know a whole lot of details on the shootout, Obviously, don't have a whole lot of details on the race date, 
But Vegas, West Coasters, don't fret. The guys have your best interest at heart. They're going to make sure they go left and come out there and put on a great race for you. And um, it'll be a little bit different from the, the Spring Fling Million that was planned in April, but it's still going to be a heck of an event. So you guys hang tight out there and uh, and wait for more news on scheduling and how all that event's going to shake out. You're going to love it. We know Peter and Kyle are uh, are the best there is. They, these guys do a great job. So it's uh, it's going to be a quality event. You can you can rest assured of that. Mark, that's big news. But that, that is I don't big. know much. That is big news. <laughs> I don't know much bigger, more bigger news than what we're about to talk about. So we've talked to you a little bit. And, and in the last show, I told you, look, the, the Great American Guaranteed Million only has 18 entries left. So go on and get you one because there'll be 173 posts that somebody's looking for an entry here a week or two prior to the event. Now, obviously, the, the Spring Fling Million has popped up, going to be a week prior, but that did not uh, kill the momentum of the Great American Guaranteed Million. It is now full, and we'll talk a little bit about what full means to that event shortly. But the biggest news, or really huge news, was... Uh, was just told to me maybe a couple hours prior to, the, to this recording, Mark, and the guys wanted us to announce it right here on the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. So it's been uh, labeled, called, named the Great American Guaranteed Million from inception. Well, it will now have a title sponsor, and we are proud to announce that the awesome folks, very supportive folks, at Scoggin Dickey Parts Center, the race shop, and Chevrolet Performance have partnered with Britt Cummings and Galen Rollison to be the title sponsor of the inaugural Great American Guaranteed Million October the 6th through the 11th at Memphis International Raceway in Memphis, Tennessee. That's huge news. Uh, there's going to be a, a an engine from those folks that is going to be available. Uh, I think most of you know how that's working with pre-entry. is going to be in a drawing but that is going to be great news for the racers and certainly for Britt and Galen to go out and secure a title sponsor from such a, a legendary and recognized brand as uh, Scoggin Dickey Park Center, the race shop, and, of course, Chevrolet Performance. So really happy for those guys. We, we thank those sponsors for coming on board and picking up title sponsorship of, of a monumental uh, event that's going to – Go down in history, obviously, is, is something huge and special, especially to whomever gets that last win light. But um, really, uh, really proud for Britt and Galen. Uh, proud for them that it's full. Uh, very cool to see that it's full over two months prior to opening the gate. So, you know, this is uh, this thing obviously had a, a target number of 450. And to get that done, <clears throat> excuse me, get that done prior two months prior to opening the gate is a really big deal um it puts their mind at ease lets them plan properly for how the race is to be run and certainly um gives them pride in producing a full field if you will 
Uh, it's going to be a great race format with that million run over two days. We've seen that done already, and, and, and it works well. It was a great idea on Britton Galen's part, so I'm looking forward to that. Mark, this is something that would be near and dear to you and I, <laughs> this, this part of the show. They're going to have Troy's Snack Shack. Troy's Snack Shack is going to be open from 10.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. each day. Now, that sounds cool. Okay, they're going to have Troy's Snack Shack there. What does that mean to me, Big Jed? Well, it's 100% free food each day. Now, I can't stress that enough that you can leave. You need to tip them, but you can leave your wallet. Take you a few bucks. Make sure you drop a tip for the, the folks at Troy Snack Shack. But Britton Galen, I have that covered through sponsorship. It's 100% free. And Mark, it ain't... It's not like popcorn. No, that's good stuff, Jed. <laughs> it's real good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> the, the Troy Snack Shack is going to have fried fish, chicken wings. Mark, I don't know what this is. I typed it in the show notes. I don't even know what it is. I was hoping you I'm knew. I'm going to try it. <laughs> you don't either, but uh, who no. knows what crawfish etouffee is. I should have looked it up, but I think I'm better suited not knowing what it is. I think it's better show material for me to not understand it. I hear you typing. You're looking up crawfish <laughs> at two feet. You just jump in wherever you want to and tell us what it is. Well, and more. It looks like it's a, a thick stew that's uh, made with crawfish. Go I, figure. So, I, I think I, I think I'd try it. You got to buy you boy Cajun putting on uh putting on the race part of part of the race promotion and yeah so i should have known crawfish etouffee probably gonna have battery acid in it and something that just burn you slam up don't eat it prior to pulling in the lanes if you're down fourth round in the million forget the crawfish etouffee you don't want that to backfire on you and you definitely don't want the the car running hot in the driver's seat so but i mean fried fish chicken wings crawfish etouffee and i saw more stuff some other stuff i probably didn't know what it is but i'm talking about real food and it's 100 percent free that's a cool deal i want to thank uh thank troy snack shack Britt and galen i'm going to be there uh, probably out early so get them chicken wings ready and i'll even bust up on some of that fish looking forward to that uh mark another big deal is a 1500 round money starting with a third round win that's um you know that's a serious investment to, to go to this million-dollar race, but you win the fourth round, that $3,000 investment is uh, is paid back to you. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, you don't have to make the split to, to get your investment back, but if you make the split, oh, my goodness, million-dollar. Mark, you, you made a good payday. We won't get into numbers. You made a good payday at, at uh, Keystone at the 660 Top Bulb Nationals. And you know how good that felt. Could you imagine <laughs> sitting there discussing the numbers with a million dollars at the top price? I can't even. I, I, I do know how good it felt to be involved in a split at only a $22,000 race. I can't even imagine hearing that there's one point something million dollars available to deal with. No, I couldn't either. Uh, that's going to be really cool. Looking forward to watching that play out. And... You know, the guys have got some cool and unique ideas that's going to peg the fun meter, too. It's going to make 
the uh, Scoggin Dickey Parts Center race shop, Chevrolet Performance, Great American Guaranteed Million, kind of stand on its own. It'll be a little unique, a little different from what you're you're always seeing, um, and can't wait to hear more about the the really cool and unique things that uh, Britt and Galen have planned. <clears throat> now, I want to cover this last piece, and I want to make sure I give it its due time. Now, 450 cars is what it's scheduled to to have at max capacity. So that gets a little bit challenging. So because this isn't an HRA where you enter prior to going to a national event, and then if you decide a few days, couple of days, whatever prior that you can't go, well, they say that's fine. We'll just keep that, and uh, we'll see you next time. We'll keep that money. Well, these guys aren't doing that. So it's hard to hit your target, and we've seen this with Peter and Kyle. It's hard to hit your target exactly at 450. So the thought process and the standard procedure is that you um, you sell that a little bit higher in anticipation of possible entries backing out. So that is going to be a possibility. Now they they're going to they're going to cap it at a certain number above that. It's just a few percent, but. If the race has more than 450 entries, uh, Britt and Galen have made it clear to me, and they will make it clear to the racers, that's $3,000 per entry. Ever how many numbers above 450 goes down the racetrack after round one of the million, that amount of money will be that amount of racers the overage over 450 times 3,000 will be dumped back in the purse. That's not money they're going to keep. That's not money they're trying to get and keep. It's just very difficult to hit a perfect 450 target like that with especially last-minute changes and people getting out and people getting in. So the guys uh, do have the possibility of going over 450, but every entry over 450 times 3,000 will go back in the purse. It's simple math. If 460 go down, that's 30,000 more dollars that will go back in the purse. I don't know exactly how it's going to land, but I know Britt and Galen, and they do the right thing, and that's all you could ask for. We trust them, and these guys are going to do a wonderful job, and uh, they're going to pay out buckets full of money. So really excited about that. The Great American Guaranteed Million brought to you by the great folks at Scoggin Dickey Parts Center, the race shop, and Chevrolet Performance happening October 6th to 11th. Back-to-back millions, Mark. I mean, you know, getting a race for uh, in a million-dollar, quote-unquote million-dollar race is really cool. It really is. I've been blessed and very fortunate to get to be at quite a few of these. But I ain't never done it back-to-back. And I'm going to go to Bristol, and then I'm going to go to Memphis, and who knows? A couple of things fall big jets way. If I race as good as producer Mark, Daddy could be coming home with a little check right here. You might be that able to. Be October, what would it be? October uh, October 12th, you may be putting in your, your retirement papers. <laughs> I could be retiring from <laughs> the Caterpillar dealer here in Alabama. And, uh, you know, certainly not. I couldn't leave the huge pay that we get with the podcast. I, I yeah, depend don't, on this. Yeah, don't retire from that. Yeah, I depend on this paycheck too much because this is big. This is real big. Right. And, um, this I, keeps I, us I, going. 
yeah, I use this money to buy new cars and, and new boats and those type things. So I can't retire from this, but I could retire from my day job with no problem. Right. I don't see that being an issue at all. Okay, so that is all the news that we have, the rumors, the, the race results, the congrats, the pats on the back. I said uh, in the intro that uh, we would talk about Luke's Drag Champ Show interview. I won't discuss that very much, but Luke got asked some uh, fairly pointed questions, and I don't think he was real excited about the way he answered them. And he'll probably talk a little bit about that. But y'all go listen to the Drag Champ, uh, Drag Champ Show interview with Luke Bogacki. Uh, the guys at Drag Champ do a wonderful job of, of highlighting sportsman drag racers and, and they're continuing to do that and they did an interview with luke so go listen to that hear what luke had to say and you'll understand a little bit more of that when he gets to talk about it on next week's show and then next week real top quick five. real quick yes the drag champ show if you guys haven't listened to the drag champ show now i know that i've been the producer of our very own podcast here for uh i don't know 160 episodes of the 190 that we have and, uh, but I'll tell you what, go and listen to the drag champ show because I, there are some of those episodes that I find myself just laughing in the car. There's no one else in there with me. I look like a, I look like a complete nutcase, but they have some, they got some funny stuff going on over there. I'll tell you what. They really do, Mark. You're correct. And, uh, they don't, uh, they don't get very PC. I mean, these guys kind of tell you what they're thinking, what's on their mind. And, and if you're a guest on there, um, get prepared. Cause they're not, <laughs> they're not going to hold back many punches. Those boys slap you around a little bit, which I like, cause it's just the opposite of how I typically do it. And uh, I want to be more like that. So, uh, take Mark's advice, go listen to the show. And then lastly, next week's top five is going to be really cool. Um, Luke, uh, got a good idea for us and I'm looking forward to doing that one. So make sure you, uh, make sure you get ready for that and, and keep those, keep those top five ideas coming, by the way. I think we've, we've gotten one or two popped in on us. So keep those coming so we can keep the show fresh and keep bringing you some fun material. Now through with all that, that's the meat of the show. We are going to wrap this thing up by revisiting that amazing performance at Topeka in the Lucas Oil Series double divisional this past weekend where James Kunkel got the double up in a door car in super comp, throttle stopping on the top end. Looking forward to just discussing that kind of briefly with James, getting his take on how that went down and why in the heck he even does it that way. Who thought that that would work? James did, and I can't wait to talk to him about it coming up next. Jed and I are proud to partner with Bill Taylor Enterprises, that's BTE, here within the podcast. Neither of us, Jed or myself, are strangers to BTE products, services, or customer service. I've personally been using BTE transmissions and converters exclusively since 1998. Um, that's 20 years. BTE has quite literally powered every race, every championship, every round that I've won for my entire adult life. My point, they build products that I depend on. BTE builds products 
products that Jed depends on. BTE builds products that you can depend on. Whether it's a complete top dragster or, or top sportsman power glide transmission, a torque converter designed for your specific combination, or any transmission component or bolt-on item, the folks at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed in today's ultra-competitive world of sportsman drag racing. Shop online at bteracing.com. Edgewater Sports Park is under new management. Dick Winley owned Edgewater for 40-plus years. His sons have decided to save the track from becoming a gravel pit after Dick's passing, and they have invested big bucks into facility upgrades. There's a brand-new AccuTime timing system in 2020. True Start is in effect. They have updated restrooms this year. They've got new burnout boxes, new concrete from the 660 to the quarter-mile in the shutdown area. Concession stand has been overhauled and offers a broader menu. Overall facility facelift, speakers fixed, finish line scoreboards replaced, buildings painted, return roads been paved, staging lane lines, etc. All that painting has been done here in 2020. So Edgewater is back. Check out all of the above improvements August the 21st through August the 23rd. That's Saturday and Sunday. We'll be paying $12,500 to the winner. Huge purse on their welcome back. Now, door cars, dragsters, and no box will be run separate as long as possible. So find your way to Edgewater Sports Park August 21st through August 23rd and go enjoy the Dick Winley Memorial at the new and improved Edgewater Sports Park. All right, as promised, we have the man, typically we'd say the man of the hour or the man of the day, but I don't know, I just feel like this might be the man of the decade. This is, uh, this is quite an accomplishment that we're going to discuss. We have with us now James Kunkel. James is the gentleman that we've been talking about that doubled up at the Lucas Oil Divisional in Topeka in Division 5 over the weekend, and he did it very unconventionally. And I can't wait to hear more about that. James, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. How are you tonight? Thank you very much. Oh, I'm doing good. Just sitting out on the back back deck of the house in the cool breeze. The cool breeze. So you're not, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. You're not here. I can tell you that because if you got a cool <laughs> breeze, you're not even close. What part of the world are you talking to us from tonight? I'm in Wichita, Kansas. And it, we got a cool front come through and getting some rain and some clouds and actually pretty nice well that doesn't sound very bad at all wichita sounds like a beautiful place it does get hot in wichita i know that for a fact but definitely uh, (laughs) i'm glad that you're getting a little bit of relief out there right now so james uh always like to get just a little bit of brief history on uh, our guest and we're going to do that with you as well before we get into the meat of this call the reason for the call but Tell us a little bit about your racing history. Who who got you started, or how did you get started, and, and kind of a when and where? Well, I, I grew up in Augusta, Kansas, and Patterson Racing is from Augusta, Kansas. And I went to school with Todd Patterson. And my dad raced, I mean, when we were little kids. And then he kind of got out of it as soon as, you know, we started getting a family. And... uh so I kind of got in, interested in it and wanting to go to the track and 
I'd always go down to Patterson's shop and hang out. And uh, Dad kind of got interested in it again, so we uh, ended up buying a Camaro together and putting it together and uh, raced it. We'd both take turns back in the late 80s. And then uh, we both liked to drive a lot, so I had to go get my own car, and he kept it, and there we go. (laughs) And and started, yeah, started racing pretty heavy in about 90. You're hanging around Patterson's shop, so um, if you were getting anything come out of there, you were getting some real power, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they'd done a few engines for me, but nothing real trick but they helped me out here and there yes sir so when did you begin super comp racing james well actually i did win a super comp divisional back in the early 2000s at topeka when i had a dragster and uh and then i really never ran it much uh after that i kind of got into the super stock driving for larry nail Uh, That actually started in about 99, I think. I started driving for Larry, and I had my own car still at the time. And uh, so then I kind of got away from the Super Comp and stayed with Super Stock and then ended up running some Super Gas after that. Okay, so you've done a little bit of all of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've done your share of all classes. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of like it all. I like the bottom bulb and top bulb and pro tree it don't matter it's all oh, fun so just just point you to the track and tell you what class you're racing and you're in so that's yeah that's yeah a, we like that diversity <laughs> yeah yeah it's fun that so the did i hear you say that you won super comp in a dragster yeah in the early it was a, don't you know that you don't that dragsters I, don't compete very well in super comp yeah super comp yeah <laughs> I think that was early, two, I think it was 2001, if I remember right. I kind of chased the points that year in Super Comp, and I don't I don't remember where I finished. I was in the top 10 in Division 5, but it didn't end up where I wanted to be, but, but we was, tried. <laughs> was that win your only other Super Comp divisional win in your race? Yeah. Career? Yeah, yeah, that you, was the only then you got twice that many over the weekend. That's really good stuff. You're right. <laughs> I doubled it over the weekend. <laughs> so, James, uh, I I think you probably know this. I can tell you're kind of a humble, laid-back kind of guy, uh, your typical. Uh, what what would you, Kansas, what would, is it like a Ken, Kansasian, or what What was it, a Kansan? What are, what are you? What is that? Oh, yeah, a Kansan, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you're the typical Kansan, but um, but what you accomplished is stuff of legend. I mean, it's it's the kind of stuff that people have given up on seeing happen, James, because it just can't happen, and people don't waste their time trying it because it can't happen. Now, obviously, <laughs> you believed it was possible, and then you went out and proved that it can happen. But lead us or tell us what led you down the the path of even deciding to choose to run super comp so unconventionally. Well, I mean, I've ran the car in super gas and I I get chased in super gas and you really can't see out of it all that well. And I I bracket race it a lot and it's really good. I mean, it's really good in the eighth mile 
And I just happened to run it wide open in St. Louis about three weeks ago. Uh, I left pretty high on the chip, you know, and ran it. It was like a 546 car. And it was really good. And so I got to thinking when I got back home, if I'm going to run a super category class, you know, why not just do the 890 and don't have to use much stop and basically run it wide open past the eighth. I mean, and just hope it repeats on the stop on the top end. And I thought it could possibly work. And I thought about it a lot on what I needed to do to get close to 890 because I'd actually never ran the car in a quarter mile quicker than probably 920. And uh, so I ended up going up there and I talked to Tim Nicholson. He's a good friend of mine and Mm -hmm. he does it in super gas. Yeah. And, you know, I I took some of the stuff he said and some of the stuff um, I, I like. I'm a numbers guy. I like to, I like to show up at a track and, you know, try to run a certain number, I, you know, it's kind of fun. And I, it just, it just all worked pretty good. You know, first pass was an 894 and we just went from there. James, James, <laughs> we don't know each other. And I can only, I can only expect you to tell me the truth because I wouldn't know you to tell anything different. Am I <laughs> hearing that this is the first time you've ever done this? Yeah, that I was actually supposed to go Wednesday and test because I thought, you know, I need to go up there Wednesday and and probably make a few runs and get a ratio. And I just ended up (laughs) not going because I didn't want to. I really didn't want to be up there Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night in a hotel. And so I just skipped the Wednesday deal and showed up Thursday morning. (laughs) And so, yeah, that was the first first time I've ever left <laughs> James, tried that your first pass was 894 you just decided here's what i'm going to do i'm going to talk to tim nicholson i'm going to put this number in the stop and go to half track and click her off and and you went 894 <laughs> on your first lap yep pretty much i mean i i i knew what the car should run around the eighth mile you know at topeka it's usually slow because of the wind and the heat and I've shut cars off, but not this one in the quarter mile in super stock, you know, killing ET to qualify. And so I kind of figured I'd done a lot of math and, and looked at some of the, oh, you know, you can do these calculators to figure ET and and whatnot. And so I, I seen what I thought my car would run in the quarter and it was probably up there, eight sixties, you know, give or take. So I thought, well, I know shutting it off at this spot on the top end, and if I can kill some with the shift, hopefully it's going to be right around 890, and it, it worked out. <laughs> 894. Unbelievable. So. <laughs> I just thought it was stuff of legend. That is unbelievable. <laughs> and the first time you ever did it, and you won yep. back-to-back divisionals. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty shocking. I, I don't know. It just. You know, I had some luck and uh, stuff went my way early in the first race that allowed me to, you know, to win it, really. Well, and, yeah, uh, you just uh, you just kind of all shucks your way right there to the to the first <laughs> final. So tell us a little bit about that on track action. So 
you know, obviously, I guess you got a couple of qualifying laps. Did you make two? Or you make three? What? How many did you get? Yeah, the first one I I went eight ninety four, and so I come back and done my numbers, and I really thought I from the eighth mile I ran, I thought it should have been eight ninety, but but it was a little bit slower on the top end that I, that I didn't realize. And the next one I I want to say I went a an eighty eight maybe. I think I went eight eighty eight. And so I kind of tried to figure a little ratio on the stop, but it still wasn't enough runs to really say what it should be. So I tried to control the first race pretty much everything off the shift time because I really didn't want to mess with the timer, throttle stop timer, you know, because I, w- I wasn't wasn't sure what it was going to do. And I was lucky enough, I short shifted it enough in the fir- in the time trials that I could still pick up maybe seven or eight hundredths by shifting it higher so i was able to able to control it just off the shift really wow that is even more impressive than i realized we were going to be talking about so you're you've made your runs you're qualified and you, you get the first round now james and and obviously you realize through qualifying that your ride looks a little different than everybody else's and <laughs> there's going to be some some weird looks from the finish line area for you. So, and you told us a little bit off air about your strategy, but really you just kind of took the strategy out of it. You, you set your car up to where you thought it needed to be. And, um, and you just made a lot of wide open runs. Is that correct? That's, that's, that's true. I, I actually 15 rounds of eliminations. I think one time I actually tried to grab the brake pedal and, and, but, if, but if I even done anything, it was very hardly nothing, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, you just gotta you just gotta try to be above, really. I mean, that's that's the key. That's uh, what you gotta do for sure. And you yeah. you mentioned some key rounds or some breaks early in race number one. What what uh, what did you get by with before you finally got it where you wanted it? Yeah, that first race was first round could have been the end, really. I mean, uh, I ran a uh, a good racer out of Colorado. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name now, but I know his name. Uh, but anyway, he was 10 red. Looks like that was I, Mustard. I think, yeah, Mustard Mitch. Yeah, I, Mitch. And I think I was 20 on the tree or something in the 20s, and he was red. And I'm, I think I went 80, 86. So, and he, yeah, and he was 87. I mean, if we're both green, I'm going to lose that round. I mean, because I'm not going to probably kill anything. I'm I'm not going to touch the brake pedal. So I was really lucky. You know, I was just, that went my way there. And I think the next guy went red. So that ended up giving me four passes. And so I finally, it gave me some more info I needed. And, uh, yeah, you definitely got it dialed in from there. You know, 91, you went 89.6 in E3, and then 91.1, 92.4, 90 with 8, 91.4 in the final. I mean, uh looked yeah. like your equipment was dialed in pretty well, yeah. James. Yeah, I try to – I mean, I try to be 91. That, that's what I shoot for. And uh, just in case I mess with a hair, you know, I may be still above. And, and if I mess it, I'm 92. And I know it's hard for these guys to, if they're on a breakout, they're going to be, they're going to have to really make a good decision. Uh, yeah, most line. of them are. 
Yeah, 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 in Supercomp, you're right about that. <laughs> Did you find yourself feeling like someone they didn't want to race, James? I mean, I don't think anybody, a, a traditional Supercomp star, wants to see that in the other lane. Yeah, I mean, I I think once I started going some rounds, it, it was a different deal. They probably, everybody's, a lot of people look at people's runs. You know, you can get on the internet see what they're doing and if they've never seen it they they know what it is but doing something is a different story i mean they knew what i was but some of them may have thought oh i could still be 88 and go down there and if i if i cover him on the tree i'm gonna be good you know I, i've ran people i've ran tim nicholson before in super death i do a lot of bracket racing and i remember the first time i ran him it was like nope Yep, I'm gone. I'm around him. You know, it's you, you, it's, yeah. it happens fast. Yeah, it's no, 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 and then whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Right. I mean, in fact, when I ran a dragster, if I was in super comp and I looked over and had a door car, I'd be licking my chops for the most part. Thinking, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, that's just, even when you're big money bracket racing eight miles, probably a lot of the dragster guys see a door car. Stuck in with him, they, they kind of like it. There might have been some chop licking early, but I don't. I, I think they quit licking them uh, late in the race. So you you get to the final of race number one, James, and you, you have none other than one of the best to ever do it, and I'm sure someone you know fairly well, uh, Gary Stennett. Now, yeah, yeah, I'm man. looking. Yeah. I'm looking at the box score, James. You went 128.21. And Gary went 189.2, which is going to be one of the faster mile per hours that you're ever going to see in super comp. Gary lights it up yeah. at 189, 61 miles per hour quicker than you or faster than you. Now, <laughs> you got the win by a couple of few thousand there, but what what is your thought process there? Obviously, lay it on the rug and make a good run, but uh, that yeah. – did that look crazy when that comes by you at the finish line? Because that was had to have been turning you around. Yeah. Um, be honest. I mean the the one the one nine one ninety and one hundred and sixty. I it, it's to me it's it's really no different. I mean he obviously went around me faster than one hundred and sixty, but I still don't. I don't look. And I can't see it really, you know. It, Good it's for you. Just, I mean, you don't see it. You don't. You don't do nothing really. It, it really, what I'm doing takes that. I mean, it really takes their big mile and the big mile per hour advantage completely out of the picture, because it don't affect me one bit. You yep. know where it would affect another car. It would affect them a bunch. Uh, yeah, your strategy me, doesn't change. You, no, it doesn't. It's it's absolutely the same. It's trying to put a twenty package together or something like that, and and hope he can't put one together. So. Yeah. Well, and obviously this worked uh, both times you've ever done it. I don't know. Do you look <laughs> on Drag Race Central, any James, and look at these results? Yeah. 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 I get on there and look at stuff. Did you happen to catch the the comments from Drag Race Central on the final of race number one? 
I think, yeah, I read it, but I don't remember exactly what it said. Well, let me tell you what uh, it says. Okay. Stint it with a couple of ticks on the tree. Obviously, had a, a tooth out advantage on you. But Kunkel, right. and I quote, chased him down for the win in a close one. <laughs> I remember reading that. You're right. <laughs> James. And I, I thought the same thing. I, I'm like, uh, I didn't really chase nobody down. <laughs> <laughs> James, you couldn't have chased him down and caught him by the time y'all got to the ticket booth. <laughs> You're right. After no. you let out. Well, they all beat me to the turn-off team. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. So I thought that was rather interesting. Not certainly not knocking Drag Race Central. We appreciate and love all they do for uh, sports and drag racing results. But I just thought that was funny the way that, that it was written. <laughs> yeah, I read so, that. I just now. <laughs> yeah. So James, you're the you're the talk of the pits. You're you've done this. You've won race one, and you got Trevor Larson. And round one of race number two. And surely everybody's like, okay, old James is, he's finally done here. His, his fun's over. But you turned on that wind light too, James, and he won. Now tell me, did you even, did you even let yourself begin to believe that you could do this again in race number two? You know, my whole goal in race number two is really to to win one round at least. I mean, one or two rounds, just to try to make it the first race not look like it was just one of them we'll never do it again races. That's right. Yeah, and so I go up there and we're all lined up, and I don't think I had Trevor. I mean, I thought I had this other dragster. and. Uh, all the way up to about two pairs before the water box. And then that other one, you know, they get all lined up and get crooked in line and, and pulled on out. And I'm like, and I looked over and I had Trevor and I'm like, okay, <laughs> things, things just got a little different here because I mean, the drag straws run and I knew I, I'd seen make some runs and you know, you don't tell you the truth. I don't think I changed one thing about, what I was doing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just wondered if my, uh, package setup was still going to work. <laughs> and it did three. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, that was uh, a little closer than I usually want to try to set up, but. And it didn't get it much easier. Out. You got clean wine, you get clean wine in round <laughs> number two. That's a, obviously a very difficult out and you lay yeah. up double Oh nine, 12 thou over on him so you get by and you're starting to click these off again james at 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 what point did you go look my setup is is the kind of thing they don't want to see and you're you're really starting to get confident in the fact that you can do this again yeah i mean i did i mean i i i you know the the numbers start making more sense you start figuring out the throttle stop a little bit more what you can do, uh, kill an ET on the top end versus changing your shift timer. Uh, and so I got to do a little more thinking in the hotel room Saturday night because I'd won second round and we wasn't racing again until Sunday. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I honestly, yeah, I started thinking about, you know, maybe I can win this one too. You know, the odds <laughs> were against me, but 
but I told myself I had to be better on the tree too. You can't, you know, you got to start get getting a little bit better on the old tree. <laughs> well, it looks like yourself listen really well, James. You you wrap up with a 007, a 13, a 13, and then you get to buy run where you obviously just ease down there and, and don't don't take a chance on hurting equipment or doing anything crazy. You come back with a 003 in the final against Terry Pollard and you turn on the wind light in the second divisional of the weekend, your first time to top end throttle stop, the door car in super comp. You've won both divisionals against some of the, the most difficult competitors to to put away in super comp racing. What was, I, I can tell again, you're kind of all shucks, but what was that feeling in the car, James? That That had to feel amazing. Yeah, that, it really was. I mean, when that wind light came on, it was, it was just, it wasn't anything. I mean, believe me, I was very happy in the first race when I won it, but to do it again, you know, when I got to the shutdown area, I just got out of the car and it was like, I basically just started crying. Uh, Awesome. (laughs) It was crazy. Man, that is a very cool story. And, and, again accomplishing that was from the outside looking in was something of legend but to hear your story now where you <laughs> you didn't fool with the test and tune or whatever you just show up to the track make your first qualifying <laughs> run it's an 894 and you go from there let me tell you something james i don't know if your humble mentality will allow you to understand what you accomplished but this is legend. It's absolute legend and will be told for decades to come. <laughs> yeah, I'll truly never forget it. Uh, it, it, it is. It's, it's a, I mean, it's a great accomplishment, it sounds like. And I mean, I super, super comps a tough class. Very tough. And yeah, it is very tough. And I just, I don't know. It, it, <laughs> I'm sure, not, still not sure why it happened like that, but it, it did. Well, we're glad it did. It gave us opportunity to get you on the show and get to talk to you, and certainly congratulate you. And, and I'm, I'm having a better night already just from hearing the story. So <laughs> we thank you for giving us some time and and telling us your uh, your weekend story and a little bit about your racing history, James. But congratulations. Um, you know, I'm sure that there are some people that, that help you as well on your racing program and, and help you get to the track and down the track. Uh, there, there's some people that you need to thank this evening before we go. Well, I, I mean, James Ramsey, Ramsey at trailers and hitches in Augusta, Kansas, he sold me the trailer and he, he lets me keep it at his place because I got an HOA where I'm at. So yeah, I can't ah. keep a trailer here. <laughs> I get to keep my race car here, but not the trailer. But, uh, yeah, uh, uh, of course, Tim Nicholson, he's, he helped me out with some stuff and, uh, Larry nail, uh, my wife for sure. She, uh, she don't go to all of them, but she, uh, she was up there. She showed up Friday night, right before, well, right after the final. Very cool. She got there in time. Yeah. And then she was going to go home Saturday and I won two rounds and she's, called work and said i won't be there sunday <laughs> so uh, she stayed up there and supported me and 
Yeah, was, that's pretty much it. I kind of a, a lot of times a one man show at the track. Well, you uh, you are a one man wrecking ball uh, over the weekend in Topeka, my friend, and uh, we're super proud of you. We can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing that story with us and uh, giving us something to go back and tell people about. And I'm I'm ready to go tell your story just as soon as I can get to work tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. I I got an old IHRA um, class uh, or ninety racing champion at, at work with me, a, a world champion. And I can't wait to tell him this story, James. Uh, I'm almost excited to go to work tomorrow. It didn't quite get me there, but I'm almost excited to go. Oh, I understand that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I sure, I really appreciate you wanting to talk to me. And yes, sir. Getting to share, share it. Well, you obviously positioned yourself well in any kind of points battle that could possibly shape up. So uh, keep knocking those wind lights out, James. Keep doing your thing, and uh, we're wishing you many more of them in the future. And hopefully we can uh, talk to you when you reach legendary status at the next event. (laughs) Well, I hope so. I hope we get to win some more rounds this year. Yes, sir. We're wishing that for you as well. James, thank you again for coming on and joining us. We appreciate it. We hope you have a wonderful night. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. All right, guys. That is a wrap for this episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. want to say thanks to Edgewater Sports Park, great sponsor. Make sure you get out and enjoy events at the new and improved facility that they have put together. want to say thank you to James Kunkel, the legend, for coming on the show and sharing his story of his double divisional win very unconventionally in uh, super comp so hope you enjoyed that as well we appreciate james giving us some time um certainly want you to reach out to us here on the sportsman drag racing podcast facebook page tell us what you liked about the show unless it was uh, or let what you didn't like also unless it was me and i really don't want to hear that so just save that for next week but we uh we had a really good time lukeless but we're looking forward to having our man luke back no shout-outs per se, except I do want to give a shout-out to producer Mark. Came on the show, helped us out, talked about his amazing day at the racetrack. So, Mark, thank you for that. Appreciate you uh, coming in and chiming in. You don't do much of, but thank you for uh, helping break up the the awful sounds of me gas-bagging throughout the show and, and you playing your part. So I appreciate that. Congratulations again on a great day at the track. And... Certainly uh, reach out to us if you uh, like to do the Twitter thing. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. I I am at JP11X. Make sure you let us know on the the Facebook page what you want more or less of. Give us some top five uh, suggestions. We're always looking for those. And uh, certainly tweet either Luke or myself, whatever is on your mind. And let's talk more sportsman drag racing coming up soon. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss or at least reference This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer, led by knowledgeable professionals. Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors, and we bring in a host of guests 
racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100-plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elitist for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.